As we get into the sermon today, I, I have a question. It's a movie trivia. I got, we had trivia night last week, but I got one more trivia for you. Who remembers this movie line? You see, in this world, there's two kinds of people, my friend. Those with loaded guns and those who dig. You dig. I almost did an accent, but I was going to embarrass myself. Do you want to show the next slide, John? This is the good, the bad, and the who. The uh, who are you calling it? No. <laughs> the ugly. Here's another one. This one's attributed to Mark Twain. There are basically two types of people. People who have accomplished things and people who claim to have accomplished things. The first group is less crowded. <laughs> or this is one of my favorites, actually. There are two types of people in the world. Those who are wise and those who are otherwise. <laughs> in, in 2017, a Portuguese visual artist, his name is Joao Roca, published a book about two kinds of people in the world. It was called Two Kinds of People. Um, and so I want to do a little quiz. They're all visual, and we're going to see which kinds of people you are. So here's the first one, and I want you to raise your hand if you're a green person. Now, if you're a gray person, raise your hand. And now, if the person next to you lied, you can point at them. <laughs> All right, here's the next one. If you are a red person, raise your hand. All right? If you're wrong, raise your hand. <laughs> All right, now, here's one. How many of you are yellow people? Do we have any yellow people in the room? A couple of you? Yeah, you all, you realize, you yellow people, all you do is make me do math when I just want to know what time it is. How many of us are, are blue people? Yeah, all right. Okay, how about this? Yellow people? Okay. Green people? Okay, um, we're going to ask you to talk to Tracy and Dina at the end of worship. They'll have some things to say to you. And finally, here's one. Who is yellow? <laughs> and who is gray? <laughs> For the record, I'm neither of those. A new phenomenon with my new phone has happened, and this is what it is. Apparently, every morning when I try to make my phone go on snooze, I just take screenshots of, <laughs> of what time it is because <laughs> I'm too tired. <laughs> so my camera roll is full of screenshots of my alarm. <laughs> as I'm trying to hit snooze. <laughs> Actually, I have one more um, question for you. It's one more statement. It, it's a pretty famous one. And so, John, here it is. This is the statement. There are two kinds of people in the world. Those who divide people into two types and those who don't. <laughs> Which type are you? The more important question for today, though, is which type of these people is Jesus? If you answered that Jesus doesn't divide people into two types, you're right. And I know some of you are like, wait, wait, wait. What about the sheeps and the goats? Like, that's two types of people, right? But that's later. Like, right, that's not until the next life when the Son of Man comes in all his glory. But right now, in this life, 
Jesus is undivided when he looks at us. And here's how Paul puts it in his letter to the Christians at Ephesus. This is Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 22. This is what we read. For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Therefore, remember that formerly you who are Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcised, which, by the way, is done in the body by human hands. Remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel, and foreigners to the covenant of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who are once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ, for he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose, Jesus' purpose, was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace, and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, by which he put to death their hostility. He came and he preached peace to you who were far away and peace to you who were near. For through him we both have access to the Father by the Spirit, by the one Spirit. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple to the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his Spirit. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Lord God, we open our hearts to you today. We open our ears that we might hear from you, that we might be moved by you, that we might be changed, that you might make an impression upon us today. You know each and every one of us. We are your handiwork. Change us, mold us, make us new today, make us one. In your name we pray, amen. So we're going to put Paul's letter, this section of his letter, in, in context. Because Paul is wading into a huge debate among the early Christians. In fact, Paul is wading into the middle of an issue going all the way back to Moses and the Israelites, and it all has to do with separating the world into two types of people, Israelites and Gentiles. God's chosen people through Abraham Abraham and well, everybody else. For thousands of years, this was the Israelites' identity. They were the chosen people, a great nation separate from the rest of creation. 
That's where so much of the law in the Old Testament originated. The commandments that we find in Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Have no other gods before me. Do not make idols. Do not mark, do not mark your flesh like the, like the worshipers of other gods. So many of those over 600 laws in the Old Testament were about marking the Israelites as holy to the one true God and keeping them from slipping back into the habits and the customs and the worship practices of their neighbors, keeping them separate, keeping them holy, making sure they were a different kind of person. It was about making sure there were two kinds of people. I mean, it's the last thing that Moses said to the Israelites before he died. Remember, he said, remember who you are, that you are a separate people. Moses said, remember when the Lord divided all mankind and set up boundaries for his people. And from that time until Jesus' day and after, he returned to the Father, Jews from Judea. That's where the word Jew comes, from Judea, the Judeans. That's where the remember the remnant of Israel after the Assyrians destroyed the northern kingdom, Jews and Gentiles, non-Jews, were two different kind of people. If you were to ask any Jew in Jesus' day to finish this sentence, there are two kinds of people in the world, they would say Jews and Gentiles. And there was no shame in that, because God did that. But then God sent His Son, And Jesus came along, and Paul reminds us that Jesus completely destroyed that division. After reminding us that we are all made by God with a purpose, Paul echoes Moses' last words when he said, Remember that formerly you who are Gentiles by birth, called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision, which is done in the body by human hands, Remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel, and foreigners to the covenant of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. Did you hear that echo too that Paul does of, the, of Moses and the Israelites? When Moses was reminding them that they were foreigners and strangers, Paul picks up that language. You were foreigners to the covenant of the promise without hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself, Jesus, is our peace, who has made the two groups what? One. And what did he do to the barrier between those two groups? He destroyed it. It ain't no more. And we all know this. Whenever we, whenever we divide people into two groups, it leads to hostility. Every time. We've seen that in our world again and again And again, but Jesus destroyed that hostility by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commandments and its regulations meant to divide. He set that aside. His purpose was to create in himself how many new humanities? One out of the two, thus making peace. 
Through Christ, we're all one, all of creation, a new humanity, one humanity. You know, we Christians, we like to argue a bit about which laws did Jesus abolish and which ones did he fulfill, or if any of them are abolished, or what we're supposed to do, or am I sinning every time I eat shrimp scampi in my polyester tracksuit? But Paul tells us right here, all those laws that were meant to separate the Israelites from the rest of creation. All those laws God intended to divide his people, Christ took them upon himself, destroying the barriers. He set them aside so that we might be one. So that Gentiles and Jews, all God's children, might know that all of them, all of you are God's chosen but it was hard for the early Christians. Like they'd been raised to think of two, the world as two types of people. And they would think, you know, especially the Jewish, early Jewish Christians, well, shouldn't everyone be circumcised as God commanded? That was a big one. It kept tripping themselves up. We get to read about their arguments in our Holy Scripture. Who has to be circumcised? Shouldn't they be circumcised? No, they don't need to be circumcised. Well, at least they can't eat pepperoni pizza. <laughs> they can Again and again, Paul and Peter and the early apostles are saying, no, those laws were meant to divide, and now Jesus has come to bring peace. And so here we are, 2,000 years after Jesus came and after Paul wrote those words, and we're still finding ways to divide ourselves. And we're tearing down peace. I wrote this before I knew there would be Southern Baptists in the room. There are two kinds of people, <laughs> the ones baptized as infants <laughs> and the ones who wait. There are two kinds of people, Catholics and Protestants. There are two kinds of people, this is my favorite one, there are Methodists and the rest of us. <laughs> there are two kinds of people, jocks and nerds, unless you watch Breakfast Club, then I think there's four, but we'll go with two. There are two kinds of people, Grain Valley and Blue Springs South. And we all know who's better at football. <laughs> there are two kinds of people, Republicans and Democrats. There are two kinds of people, abled and disabled. The last one caught us up in the early days when we were planning for Good People Cafe. We were talking about the menu, and we were trying to be intentional. And so we had some facts teachers from the high school and some special ed teachers, and we all got in the room together. And, and I'm going to share what happened. It's unfortunate. It kind of sounds ugly, but I'm going to be honest because it's who we are sometimes as people. We had unintentionally started to divide our, our, our potential workers into two kinds of people. What jobs do we need a fully abled person to do? And what jobs could a disabled person do? This is why we use person-first language, by the way. There's no such thing as a disabled person. We're all persons. Paul just said that we're all persons. A person might have a disability. A lot of persons do. But we're all persons first. And what's more, and some of you are already thinking this, like everyone is different. Like, 
everyone, whether they have a disability or not, everyone has different skills. Everyone is capable of succeeding at different things. Like, not, no one person can do everything, except Jesus. And no one person can't do anything. Because Jesus came to abolish two kinds of people. And then we, as we're trying to be helpful people, went right back to that well. <laughs> Only instead of Jew and Gentile, it was abled and disabled. And the early Christians were wrong, and so were we. So instead, with the help of our special ed teachers <laughs> to remind us, and our parents of individuals with disabilities that were in the room to remind us, we need to focus on the tasks that we need to have done and trust that God will bring the right person for each task. And then just this week, I, I did it again. Um, Diane Knowlton and, and Laura Willard, they're both on our, our Good People Cafe board and they both do amazing work in the disability community. Friday night is just one example of that. And so I asked them to help us do some investigating as we work to plan a worship service, and this is the language mishap I use, designed for the disability community. Diane pushed back and said, that feels uncomfortable the way you said that. <laughs> it felt like we're creating segregated worship, right? Like this worship service is for you if you're disabled, and, and this worship for you is services for you if you're not. And to be fair, I, I didn't mean it that way, but I didn't watch my language. <laughs> And it came out that way. I really just meant that we want to start with a worship service. We want to start with, with individuals with disabilities in mind as we intentionally create a service that is welcoming for all because so much of what we do in church is created without disabilities in mind at all. And so we want to start in that place as a service for everybody, but that is created intentionally with individuals with disabilities in mind, so that the 80% of families with disabilities who aren't in worship can have a safe landing place to begin to come back in, to step into worship, maybe for the first time. But not only those families, right? All families. So I learned I needed to be a little more careful with my language so that I don't sound like I'm dividing the world into two kinds of people. Especially when we can maybe even unintentionally have the implication that one of those persons is not the right kind of person. Then it happened to me again at, at Friendship Club on, on Friday night. I was having dinner with some friends and we were talking about mythology Greek mythology and Roman mythology and Norwegian mythology. And then Sydney corrected me and said that I'm supposed to say Norse mythology. And I said, I'm Norwegian. I could say whatever I want. And so then I said Norse mythology the rest of the night. And I said, I'm also Irish. So what about Celtic mythology? And we talked about Cuchulain, who's the hound of Culain. And Charlie got excited and started talking about the story he's writing and how he's going to include Cuchulain in all the book, in this book he's writing. And then I got tired. And so I sat down by, by myself for a bit and rested. But toward the end of the night, Charlie came up and he sat next to me. He said I was cool. And I said, thank you. <laughs> and he thanked me for talking to him. And he said that he doesn't get to talk to other people about the things he likes very often. Mostly, it's just at Friendship Club once a month, which made my heart melt because Diane has created a space for Charlie. You all provide a place for Charlie. And when you come and share with him like Sydney does every time, 
you give Charlie an opportunity once a month to talk about the things that he really likes to talk about but doesn't get the opportunity to otherwise. And then Charlie looked at me and he said, I was surprised you know so much about mythology. I didn't think you were that kind of person. (laughs) Apparently for Charlie, there are two kinds of people in the world. There are people who know about mythology, the thing he likes very much, and those who don't. And actually, Charlie was much more blunt. He said, I didn't think you were that kind of person. And he said, because I'm a nerd. And my heart cried out, no, Charlie, no, I'm a nerd too. And I have the books to prove it. Look, I grabbed, these are straight from my library at home. Celtic mythology, right? Norse, Norse, Sydney, Norse mythology, Greek mythology, right? I'm that kind of person Two, you and I, like Charlie now, he, he, he knows, like, we're not two kinds of people. Charlie and I are the same kind of person. We're both what? Nerd. Nerd. Thank you, Ron. That was really quick that you just, <laughs> right out there. <laughs> we're all the same kind of person. That's what Paul was saying. That, that's what we keep forgetting. Because through Christ, there's no more barrier. There's no more division. There's no more us and them. There's no more two kinds of people. But we're all one in Christ Jesus. I mean, those were some of Paul's most famous words, right? He said it to the Galatians. There's neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, neither male or female, neither nerd nor, nor not, not. I'm such a nerd, I don't even know what you call a not nerd. That's how much of a nerd I am. Neither Grain Valley nor Blue Springs, neither binary or non-binary, straight or queer, rich or poor, brown or black or white, abled or disabled, neither Republican nor Democrat, neither any of that. Because we're all what? One. In who? Christ Jesus. I mean, well, well, well almost. Because you see, unfortunately, there are still two kinds of people in the world. There are those who divide people into two types. And there are those who don't. All year we've been talking about what did what did. Jesus do. Jesus showed what kind of person he was when he talked to the woman at the well, when he talked to the garrison demoniac, when he talked to the sinners and the tax collectors and the Pharisees and the Sadducees. He showed what kind of person he was. So the question remains, which kind of person are you? Amen.